Hi, this is Jason King, and you're listening to the Health Policy and Advocacy Nursing Network, also known as HPAN. Today, it is my privilege to do a question and answer session with Senator Jean Lysing. Senator Lysing represents Indiana's 42nd District. She held office from 1988 to 1996 and has held her current position since 2008. Senator Lysing is the chair of the Agriculture Committee, the ranking member of the Natural Resources Committee, but also sits on the Commerce and Technology, Education and Career Development, Health and Provider Services, and Utilities Committees. Senator Lysing graduated with honors from the Good Samaritan School of Nursing in Cincinnati, Ohio. She has received numerous awards and honors, but was most recently recognized with the Indiana Disabilities Rights Promoting the Rights of Individuals with Disabilities Award in 2018. Senator Lysing is a farm owner, travel agent, and retired nurse. Senator, thank you so much for taking time to meet with me this morning. So first, would you be willing to share a little bit about your background as a nurse and what led you to the field of politics? Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I graduated from uh, Good Sam in Cincinnati, I moved back to Indiana and uh, married my husband who was a farmer and went to work at Federal Mogul in Greensburg as an, then we called it an industrial nurse, now it would be considered occupational health nurse. And I worked there for about seven years and loved every minute of it, but then decided to retire uh, temporarily because I had my second daughter. And so uh, then I thought maybe I'd be going back to work in, in nursing as soon as my kids were in school. But then unfortunately my husband was killed in a farm accident. And so I took over the management of the farm. I got very involved in uh, agriculture then, uh, having to get involved to know what was going on, and became very active in the Farm Bureau, corn growers, pork producers. And as a result, came as a volunteer to the State House for the Corn Growers Association. That's really was my introductory role into government and politics. But as soon as I was elected then in 1988, I was immediately assigned to the health committee because I was one of the only, at that time, one of two nurses that were in the Senate. So anyway, so but that's how I came about getting involved uh, in, in government and in the state Senate. That's very fascinating. I love to hear um, how people got started, how they start to get into politics. I love hearing different stories. Yours is um, not quite the traditional route, so I love hearing those type of stories. So I know that you've been a senator for many years. Um, so with that experience in mind, would you be willing to share some of your reflections on this past session and what you see as uh, some of the greatest accomplishments? Absolutely. You know, one of the things that I, as a member of the health committee, have been concerned about, and I have to share with you, I, I'm a mom of three kids and eight grandkids, and so I am um, very concerned about maternal mortality and infant mortality in our state. So last year, I actually got a bill passed that uh, because of our maternal mortality rate being double the national average, which is a terrible statistic for Indiana. Uh, but I was able to get a bill passed that now sets up a maternal mortality review commission. So any mom that dies 
uh, as a result of childbirth that is re now being reviewed at the State Department of Health, and there's actually something called a person uh, called the Maternal uh, Mortality Review Coordinator. And so I, I'm really pleased about that. But then the more I looked into this, I realized this year I needed to start working on the infant mortality because our infant mortality is seventh highest in the nation. So once again, another terrible statistic. And so I actually, um, worked with the Department of Health, and because there were over 600 infant deaths the last full year of data, uh, they decided, in working with me, that it would be better to set up uh, regional fetal infant mortality coordinators and then have them report back to a one designated infant uh, mortality coordinator at the Department of Health with those regional results. So that's just going into place now. Now, it's my understanding that the maternal mortality from last year, they had so many volunteers that wanted to be on that commission that they had to actually pick and choose who could really be on it. Uh, so I think that there's a lot of interest in this issue, and it's an issue that most moms, most grandmas, don't know about these bad statistics for Indiana. And so I am hoping, as I look to the future, that these um, committees are going to really uh, zero down on what, why. You know, because we have, you know, some people would say, well, is it because of drugs? Well, a lot of states have drug issues, you know? I mean, is it because we have a lot of rural counties that no longer have OBGYN services? Well, maybe, but we don't know that. So I think that it, this is all going to be really interesting to me to see what kind of results that we have in two or three years, probably, of tracking. Another issue that I think was a, a very important issue that came out of this session uh, is something uh, that started in the House, but it was the establishment of the Sepsis Task Force. And, uh, you know, some people listening might say, really? Do we need that? Well, I actually now am the Senate appointee to the Sepsis Task Force, and we had our first meeting about two weeks ago. And I had my eyes open to the fact that, according to the CDC, and these numbers are, um, maybe people aren't real sure of them, but the CDC says that we, in Indiana, we lost 1,200 people to sepsis. However, I believe that on the death certificates, if it's not listed as the first diagnosis, many times it's missed. And I knew I had lost a, my own brother in his mid-50s to sepsis. He lived in Florida a few years ago. Uh, but, you know, most recently, this is on my mind because one of my good political friends last week passed from sepsis, uh, and he was 65, but obviously a healthy guy. And so I think that uh, what just sitting through f the first meeting of the Sepsis Task Force, and I think everybody there had a more active health background currently than what I do, uh, than just serving on the health committee. Uh, but I think that the big challenge is going to be earlier diagnosis and treatment for sepsis. And so I hope that this task force, um, you know, in looking at setting up guidelines and uh, for both diagnosis and treatment may help 
uh, this situation. And it, and it sounds to me like the deaths are not just occurring in hospitals. They might be somebody that's at home, returned home from something, or maybe in a long-term care facility. I mean, I think they're everywhere. But I'll know a lot more about this issue probably after a few more meetings. I'm still learning. But I do know one thing. I asked, I said, okay, give me the bad news. Where are we among other states? And they said, well, unfortunately, uh, I think the CDC groups the states, and we're in the worst group. And I don't, I can't tell you exactly how many uh, are in that group, but it, it's certainly concerning. Another issue that I think uh, I'm anxious to hear more from other providers is the whole issue of uh, the nurse practitioner and the role of the nurse practitioner. Um, Certainly, uh, the bill passed the Senate, and I believe it was going to require three years' experience before there'd be some independence. Um, but, uh, you know, that bill died in the House, and there was a lot of conversation that maybe that three years was going to change to five. However, uh, the bill died completely. So I think that bill will be back again. So I think for any of your listeners that have strong feelings about that, I would certainly like to hear from them what is the appropriate amount and you know of time and experience and I think that the the reservations came about because they think of a new graduate maybe with zero clinical experience in the field um, being eligible too quickly and uh, they are not worried necessarily about somebody who's had a lot of clinical experience being uh, potentially able to strike out on their own. But anyway, so those are some of the most important things. I do serve also on the Choice Home Health Care Commission, uh, which meets uh, probably about five or six times a year. And that is the Choice is our uh, home health care that is uh, available for people that don't necessarily qualify for Medicaid home health care. And maybe they don't have the ability to pay uh, though for home health services and so that's always a, another interesting thing and then I still continue to serve on the Indiana Protection Advocacy Services Commission or Disability Rights uh, Commission and so you know there there are so many health issues and they're so important because you know all of us want our family and friends and kids and grandkids to be as healthy as possible in our state. Right, so that is a lot. It's, it's amazing to me how many committees, how many different places you serve. It's like, it, it's amazing how you get anything done as you, as you move around from committee to committee. But I also have to tell you, again, I'm gonna reiterate what an honor it is to sit here with you because I, I have been covering a lot of these bills throughout the, the session of you know through 2019. So it, it's such an honor to be able to sit here with you, to be able to hear your perspective on it. So. Um, my listeners already know how much I love this anyway. And so I'm kind of geeking out a little bit just talking with you. So I appreciate that. Um, and then just the final question, you've kind of touched on it a little bit already, but what is your vision for health policy to help make Indiana a healthier state? How do you see us moving forward? Well, I do think that um, you're gonna continue to see more and more interest in healthcare. Uh, and I think part of that is financially driven. Uh, because years ago, when I was first in the Senate, a lot of folks were not that interested in health care. But now, since it's such a significant part of the budget, um, of the overall $34.7 billion two-year budget, 15% of that is the, our state's Medicaid share, okay? And so you go, oh, wow. 
All right, so that's a big chunk of, of money, and that's just the Medicaid portion. That doesn't count health and human service money or maybe Department of Child Services money. You know, there are so many issues out there um, in regard to uh, maybe our families that have deteriorated because of drug addiction, so our Department of Child Services is overrun, and then that introduces a whole nother bout of health issues surrounding those kids that have had less than an easy life uh, growing up. So anyway, it is, uh, I, I think health is not gonna go away as an issue at the legislature. And I would just urge your listeners to stay engaged, find out who your state senator is, find out who your state representative is. And you know, for those of us that serve on the health committee, we need to hear from you no matter where you live, because we will probably be the first people that deal with whatever that issue is that's most important to you. And so, uh, because the committee level in Indiana still works, and that is the uh, area where bills either sink or swim, so to speak, and then move on for floor action. Very nice. I've been saying that for every podcast so far. It sounds so much better coming from you. I appreciate it. Do you have any uh, closing comments that you'd like to make? Not really, other than I'm glad to see your interest in uh, the health issue. I'm glad to see your organization uh, be interested because I think that um, sometimes we really don't hear enough from people in certain areas. And so being an old nurse uh, myself, although I haven't worked as a nurse for many years, I think that uh, nursing needs a stronger voice here at the legislature. Nice. So, Senator Lysing, thank you so much for spending your time with me. I greatly appreciate it. And thank you for everything that you've done for the health of Hoosiers. Uh, we do appreciate you. As always, if you want to get more involved in advocacy and are looking for help, please contact me at jking at iuhealth.org, and I would gladly help you become more involved. If there's ever any content or education that you'd like for me to cover, please let me know. And you can follow me on Twitter at jking underscore iuh. As a unified team together, we can lead the transformation of healthcare through quality, innovation, and education, and make Indiana one of the nation's healthiest states.